Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, how you been? I've done great, Mike. How you done? Good. You know how when we have guests on, I, I talk smack to them a little bit? Yeah. You know, we get pitchers on oh, and tell yeah. them I'm going to take them deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, last week we had a cornerback on. I said, look, don't come to Milwaukee. I'm going to do a down-out-and-up wrestler, start talking smack. Yeah. I don't know how to talk smack to a mascot. I have no, I've been thinking about this for a couple of days here. What am I going to tell KC Wolf? That I'm a better mascot than he is? Well, haven't you ever seen those mascots kind of go at each other and knock each other down and stuff? Yeah. We could put you we'd have to We'd have to come up with the <laughs> faith in the zone mascot. What would that be? I'm almost afraid to ask. I'm excited. Our special guest, we're going outside the box a little bit, but I've talked to this guy and he fits perfect for what we do here on Faith in the Zone. He is Dan Mears. He is an author. The name of the book is Wolves Can't Fly. You can pick that book up, and I'll continue to promote it throughout uh, throughout this show. You can go to Amazon or Cross Training Publishing or danmears.org. Dan is, uh, like I said, an author. He's also the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is KC Wolf is the name of that mascot. Hey, Dan, how are you today? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We haven't had a mascot on before, so I just didn't know how how the mascots, how, how does somebody talk smack to you? Well, you know, mascots aren't supposed to talk in costumes. I'll be honest, I'm sitting here without a costume on. That's the only reason I'm communicating with you right now. Well, that's, you know what? It would not have been good radio had you been uh, in the costume of KC Wolf. It'd be Pastor and I just talking back and forth, and and I'm not sure we care. Oh, we could carry the whole hour, couldn't we, Pastor? Yeah, we could interpret the growls or whatever yeah, we from could. the wolf. <laughs> we could. Hey, Dan, can you give us your background and where you, first of all, where you grew up, where you went to school before we get into how you became a mascot? Yeah, I, I grew up in St. Charles, Missouri. That is about 30 miles west of St. Louis. And uh, yeah, grew up there and then went to college. When I graduated from high school, went to college at the University of Missouri in Columbia. And that's kind of how I got this whole mascotting thing started. So, You know, my uh, I've got a niece that, uh, that went to uh, Mizzou and a uh, proud alumni of, of Mizzou. She uh, She's went through the broadcasting school, and uh, she's now on the air uh, down in Clearwater, Florida, or in Tampa. She's in Tampa, Florida, as a uh, special assignment, um, kind of you know, on air where she goes and digs up stuff. So when you send her, 
you know, you'll, you'll send her out to this company that said they were going to put windows in and, and they didn't follow through. <laughs> She's that kind of girl. She's got that kind okay, of McGivern toughness to her. But, boy, she is a big fan of of, uh, of Missouri and, and, and certainly that campus. And, and uh, they have a great broadcasting school. And she made it through there. And she's been doing really well ever since. So that is what one of my degrees was in. I was a broadcast journalism major, and I was also a communication major. So I'm a, uh, I've got two degrees, and I'm a, I've been a mascot ever since I graduated from college. So, so you get you got a degree in communications, and you put that Casey Wolf thing on, and you can't talk. <laughs> it's nonverbal communication Not, at that point. So. There and there's a lot of nonverbal communication going on for for sure. Hey, um, so after college, how did the mascot thing start for you? Well, it's kind of interesting because when I was in high school, I played sports. I was baseball, basketball, football, went to college, and I was sitting around reading the school newspaper one day, and I saw this article that said they were going to have tryouts to be Truman the Tiger, which is the, the mascot there at Mizzou. And I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. So I went to this informational meeting, and then I tried out. and Sure enough, I got the job, and for four years, I ran around in a tiger suit doing college football and basketball games and and uh, other sporting events and just had a great time doing it. And then uh, they also have these college mascot competitions. I don't know if you ever watch ESPN every night, and you'll see like the cheerleading yeah. competitions. Well, they do the same thing for college mascots, and so I competed in those. And um, I ended up, I did pretty well. I took, I think I took second in the nation in 1988, and I took first in 1989, and then in 90, I finished second again. So when I graduated from college, I kind of had this mascot resume, and I had this human resume, and apparently my mascot resume looked a little better than my human resume, because <laughs> when I, was, I got, got my first job working in professional baseball, uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals, I wore a character dressed up in a bird outfit, a character called Fred Bird. And, um, yeah, I started doing that. And, and while I was doing Fred Bird, I get a call out of the blue from the Kansas City Chiefs that said they were going to start up this new KC Wolf mascot program. And, uh, you know, I thought about it and prayed about it. And I realized I could go from doing 81 home games during the summertime to 10 home games during the fall and the winter if I switched to the NFL. And uh, I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but I knew that was a pretty good switch to make over to the National Football League. And so I came to Kansas City, and I've been uh, just finished my 29th season with the Chiefs this wow. year. Wow. wow. Did, did Back then, when, when, when this started, did you have any idea that this would, would turn out to be your career? <laughs> no idea. I... Uh, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, when I graduated, um, you know, the smart kids graduate magnum cum laude. I graduated thanks a lot. But I'm bumped. So when I graduated, you know, I, I was talking to my dad about it because this, this uh, Chiefs thing just came out of the blue. I was working in St. Louis at the time, and I'd been offered a position not only working as Fred Bird, but I was also offered a position with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes working in that area. And uh, I just thought, okay, that's where I'll go settle down because that's, you know, St. Louis is kind of my home area anyway. All my family was there. 
And then I get this call out of the blue from the Chiefs, and um, that was definitely out of my comfort zone. You know, Kansas City's about three, three and a half hours from uh, where I grew up. And so, but I'm, I'm like, I'll at least go interview with them. And so I, when I went and interviewed with them, you know, I knew I had a job to spread burden with SCA back in St. Louis. So I was a little more bold in my interview, but I told them, I said, hey, if I, if I do take this position, I want to use it. Um, I don't want to just go out and do kids' birthday parties and wedding receptions and all the fun stuff they do it, but I really want to use it as a platform to go out and speak in elementary schools and and uh, speak to, you know, and, and uh, church youth groups and go out and share my faith and, you know, just uh, give a positive message to young people. And the Chiefs were very supportive of that. They were like, yeah, we'd love to have you do that. We'd love to have you start doing school programs. And, and so then I got down and started praying about it, and I just knew that even though it was out of my comfort zone, I, I kind of knew that's where the Lord wanted me is over on the Kansas City side of the state. And so I I took the job and moved over there, and uh, glad I did. It's been, a, it's been a great journey. Hey, Dan, tell us uh, tell us of a time when you're—because you, you're, you're right near the field, aren't you? Anytime I'm watching those games, you're right near the f- <laughs> field. Have you, i, I got to thank you've— uh, you know, met some defensive backs uh, or wide receivers uh, diving for a ball, and they uh, land uh, in your lap. Do uh, you have any any instances of that? Oh, I've uh, I've had many close calls after 29 years, and so. But when you get to my age now, I just turned 52 this year, and so you uh you know you're not quite as uh, agile as I used to be, and so I kind of keep. When I'm down close to the field, I kind of make sure I've at least got one eye on what's going on out there on the field. So, uh, you know, I, I use enough ibuprofen the way it is. I don't need to be getting hit by some big football player at a game. So. Hey, I had uh, my sister Colleen. She's a year older than I am. Uh, before I started working at the radio stations, I worked for a sports marketing company. We did a lot with a, a single-A minor league baseball team about an hour and a half uh here uh, from Milwaukee and up in Appleton, uh, the Timber Rattlers, and she she always said, "Hey, you, you any chance that I could like uh, be a mascot?" Or and I said, "You really want to try?" She goes, "Yeah, I've always wanted to do that." So they needed somebody to be Tony the Tiger, right? So I, Colleen, you, I asked her, "Do you want to do this?" She goes, "Yeah, it's like I could take it off my bucket list." And I said, "You got to go seven innings." She goes, "Yeah, that's fine." Hey, the after the middle of the first inning, she took she came to the office. She took the head off and she was crying. And she said, "Please don't make me do this anymore." And I said, "What are you kidding me? You got six and a half more innings." She said, "Michael, I can't see. It's hot, and these little kids keep poking at me, and they one kid kept punching me." And I said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry, but you got to go on the field, and you got." She goes, "It's so hot in here." And I said, "Hey, man up, kid." We gotta go, and she was. She never asked to be a mascot again. And it, it, I mean, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. It's not all glamorous. No, and I don't walk around. You smell like stale for breeze half the time. 
that's the cologne mask I choose is that Febreze. So. So, yeah, yeah, I just left, and she had to go on the field and do some things, and I would kind of walk her out, and under her breath, she'd be like, I hate you. And I said, look, you, this is what you asked for. And she, I don't think she's had cornflakes, frosted flakes since. I can tell you that. Hey, guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk a little bit to, to Dan about not only his upbringing, but, but certainly we'll ask him for his testimony. He is Dan Mears. He's author. The name of the book is Wolves Can't Fly. Wolves Can't Fly. Uh, you can get it on Amazon or Cross Training Publishing, or you can go to his website, danmears.org. He is also the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is KC Wolf when he uh, when he goes to work. You go to work, you put a suit on, Pastor, right? I do. I do. So does he. Yeah, just a sure. whole different suit, man. <laughs> and we'll talk about that on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest this week, he's Dan Mears. He is uh, the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs. During, hey, when he's at work, he's KC Wolf, and he doesn't talk, so I'm glad we got him when he's uh, off today. He's also an author, Wolves Can't Fly. You can pick that up at uh, Amazon or Cross Training Publishing, or go to danmears.org. It's one word, danmears, M-E-E-R-S dot org. So, Dan, what we like to do here, uh, segment two, and Pastor, I know that... Uh, you know, we never get tired of hearing people's testimony. No, that's right. We love to hear how uh, God worked and how your journey of faith began. And so, Dan, we'd love for you to, to just go share with us how you how you came to know the Lord. I'd love to. I uh, get this opportunity to speak to a lot of uh, youth groups, and, and it's a lot of churches, and, and I've shared my testimony thousands of times. But, uh, you know, I'm one of these guys that I grew up, a uh, great set of parents, made sure we were in church and Sunday school on a consistent basis. And uh, me and my brother even had an opportunity to attend a Christian school for a while growing up. And, and it was through my school, and especially through the church I grew up in, that I learned a lot about this guy, Jesus, that you know, he died for me on a cross, and I learned a lot about the Bible and different Bible stories. But, you know, I tell people when I look back on that um, today, even though I knew a lot about this guy, Jesus, I didn't really know him. You know, I, mm-hmm. I tell people I, I knew Jesus like I knew Michael Jordan. You know, I'd, I'd read about Michael Jordan. I'd hear about Michael Jordan. I'd see his picture on a poster once in a while. But I did not have a relationship with Michael Jordan. You know, he wasn't wasn't a friend of mine. And and when I think about it, that's the exact same way I was with with Jesus. I'd read about Jesus in my Bible. I'd hear about him at church and Sunday school. I'd see his picture because we had one hanging in our home. But uh, back then, I did not have a relationship with Christ. And I tell people that there's one thing that I've discovered over the years is there is a huge difference between just knowing about who Jesus was 
and having a relationship with him because I knew, I knew a lot about who he was up in my head, but I did not have that relationship in my heart where it really counts. And and what that meant was I'd, I'd go to church, I'd, I'd say my prayers, I'd ate all the church donuts I could get my hands <laughs> on. You know, I went through the routine each week, but it didn't really mean a lot to me and really wasn't affecting the way that I chose to live my life back then. But th- that all changed uh, my senior year of high school. I went to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes Weekend of Champions uh, conference. Uh, that I've been invited to, and and at that camp is is uh, I heard a guy stand up who spoke, and and uh, you know he introduced us to the idea of having a personal relationship with with Jesus Christ, and I remember him getting out his Bible and opening it up to Romans three twenty three that says for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, and I remember he kind of looked at us and he said, you know, you're a sinner, and I thought, wow. It, that guy's been visiting with my mom. I, so I, <laughs> I knew I was a sinner. I, was, I wasn't going to argue with him on that point right there. But, uh, but then I remember he flipped a couple more pages to um, Romans 6.23. And I'll, I'll never forget he called it the bad news, good news verse of the Bible. Because that mm-hmm. verse says, for the wages of sin is death, which is bad news. But goes on to say that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And, you know, um, I, you know, growing up, I'd heard of a place that was called hell or heaven, and I'd heard of another place that was called hell. And like I told you earlier, I wasn't the brightest guy in the world, but I was smart enough to know which of those two locations I wanted to go up. I got my choice. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought that, you know, back then, growing up, I was under this impression that God was some big guy up in heaven. He had two chalkboards. He had his good chalkboard and his bad chalkboard. And I thought every time I did something good, like you know, said a prayer or went to church or helped my mom clean dishes. I thought God gave me good marks. And I thought every time I did something bad, like say something I shouldn't say or, you know, do something I shouldn't do, then I thought he was up there just giving me bad marks. And, and I assumed that, you know, one day I was going to die. You know, death rate's 100%. It gets all of us at some point. I, yeah. I just assumed if I had more good marks on my good chalkboard than bad marks on my bad chalkboard, I just assumed that was going to be just okay. And God was just going to let me into this big place called heaven that everybody was working to get to. Well, this, the speaker at this camp, he said, you know, that's not the way things work. He, he explained how you could never be good enough to earn your way into heaven, that you couldn't, couldn't do enough good things or get enough good marks on your good chalkboard for God to let you into heaven. He said there's only one way to get to heaven, and he said that's by accepting what Jesus Christ had done for you on the cross. And mm-hmm. and um, he explained that if Christ would have never came and died on the cross, there was you know, no way that I was going to get to heaven, no way that anyone, any of us would ever get there. And then and I listened to him, and it all started to make sense. And, and I remember he shared one more verse out of the Bible. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It's Jesus speaking, and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but by me. And I realized that uh, there is only one way to heaven, and it's not by being good and trying to earn my way there on my own, but it was by accepting what Christ did for me on the cross. And so at that camp, my senior year, I made a commitment to pray to prayer and ask God to forgive my sins, come into my life and change me, and make me the man he wanted me to be. And, and that's when the journey started. And I'll tell you what, it's... Uh, it's um, it's been exciting. There's been there's been highs. There's been lows, and you know, but God's just proven that He is faithful through it all. Amen. 
He is Dan Mears. Again, he is an author. Name of the book, uh, Wolves Can't Fly. And he's the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's KC Wolf when he's at work. Pastor? Dan, thank you for sharing that testimony. And uh, yeah, I'm sure glad that they do have these uh, Fellowship of Christian Athlete uh, camps and uh, opportunities even within uh, the school systems where uh, kids can uh, get together and hear uh, about what really does matter in life. And that's where I'm going to spend my eternal life after I leave this earthly life. And so thank you for sharing your testimony of how you came to Christ. And uh, do you happen to remember who the speaker was that was at the FCA camp? That's what's crazy. I don't even remember his name. I'll never forget his message. So. Well, you know what? You might might recognize him in heaven or go ask the Lord. Say, Lead me to that guy. I want to tell him thank <laughs> so, you, know, you for, for coming so, out and, and sharing with me. You know, what's, what's interesting uh, about your, your testimony, we had a guy that, and I utilize his line a lot, yeah, but he uses uh, Abraham Lincoln. He said, look, I knew Jesus Christ the way I knew Abraham Lincoln. I knew all the stories. I knew, you know, all of that. I j- I'd never had a relationship with Abraham Lincoln, and up until then right. I never had a relationship with Jesus Christ either. And the Michael Jordan one rings certainly more true to me. I knew more about Michael Jordan than probably Abraham Lincoln. Uh, but right. I'm a basketball coach, so I'm supposed to know that stuff. But I find it, it, it interesting Dan, that that at at that time of your life, when when somebody finally said, "Look, this is this is the way it is," you know, for me, I, I went through Catholic schools, and back then, I'm old enough that back then they said, "Here's the Bible," you know, do, you don't have to open it; we'll tell you what's in it, but you carry that Bible when we tell you to carry it. And so that's how I thought it was too. I thought there was a scoreboard up in heaven, and if I got into a fist fight. And then I helped a little old lady across the street with her groceries. I was even for the day. Okay, yep. broke even today. Not bad. All right, do two good things tomorrow. Then I can get one more fist fight, and then I'm up one. And so that's <laughs> how I thought it was, too. And, man, I, I went a long time in my life thinking that. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that that's not the truth because it was, uh, I think that the bad side of the scoreboard at one point was way ahead of the good side. Yeah. I was, I was playing catch-up myself, I'll be honest. I had two brothers, and we liked to fight with the rest of them. So. <laughs> well, you know, uh, and, that, and that gospel message is for everyone. And um, right. when you mentioned Michael Jordan, it brought back memories. Uh, when Mike was coaching my boys, he got them. Uh, he got the Caucasian invasion. That's what he called his <laughs> team. Yeah, we had seven boys on this little Christian school team. And I call this the Caucasian invasion. We went and played anybody that would want to play us. You want part of us? Come on, we'll play yeah. it. And so they got in a tournament uh, over here at Marquette at the Al McGuire Center. And um, uh, Whitney Young uh, High School out in Chicago um, was there. And Michael Jordan's, one of his boys, was on the team. And, um, you know, so that was kind of neat for the guys to kind of experience all that. And We didn't, we didn't play them. Yeah, you didn't play no, them. No, no. We didn't, didn't Caucasian invasion would have gotten swamped on that one. <laughs> so they ended up, um, oh, I don't know, probably several months later, Mike gave uh, my, my son Keith some tickets to go to the Bucks game, and they're playing Charlotte. And three or four seats right down from him was Michael Jordan. So uh, – my son went down, got to introduce himself to Michael and tell him that he was in a tournament with his son, and then Michael wanted to know how his son played and some things like that. But I thought what was interesting, because this gospel message that you shared is open to everyone, 
my son Keith went down and was really looking for something he could give, you know, a little track or something he could give Michael Jordan, didn't have one. So he wrote the gospel out on a napkin and took it back down to uh, Michael Jordan. And at that time, there were more fan, um, fans in the stands. And so the security guys around Michael Jordan and Michael saw him and goes, no, no, let him by, let him by. And he came and he just shared, hey, I wasn't able to have something that was a little bit nicer to present to you, but but the most important decision I ever made was in my relationship to Jesus Christ. So I, I just wrote out, you know, some, some points here from the Bible, if you get a chance to read my napkin. And he said when Michael went into the tunnel, he read his napkin. That's awesome. Yeah, that that is awesome. Hey, guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation you know, a big part of, of Dan's story is is he, he got injured pretty bad uh, not that long ago. It's been a while now, but t- what year was it, Dan? Uh, 2013, five Two, years ago. Five years ago. And that was with, uh, you are going to do something at Arrowhead, weren't you? I uh, was doing a little bungee jump stunt that didn't go very well. Yeah. And we're, we're going to talk to Dan about that and, and, and how much his faith um, got him through a really difficult part of of uh, of his life. He is Dan Mears again. He's an author. The name of the book is Wolves Can't Fly. He is the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll continue our conversation with him on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Sorens Ford of Brookfield. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside the president of the Outkick This Coverage. He's Pastor Ken Keltner, and I'm telling you, looking at a picture of Dan and his wife and kids, Dan's part of your team, man. I'll kick in his coverage. There's no doubt. Hey, Terry, Terry, I hope you're listening to this this morning, all right? It's, it's segment three. She's probably already into Brookside Baptist Church. And if you're listening and Terry didn't hear it, don't anybody tell her. I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding. Hey, Dan, so you've got uh, your wife, Cam, and, and three children, uh, Micah, Aaron, and Mallory, uh, two bookend girls and, and your son, Aaron. They must uh, enjoy the fact that their father is uh, a big part of the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, yeah, I think uh, when I, when they were in, back in elementary school, I was really cool. And then once you get to junior high, I don't care what your occupation is as a dad, nobody, <laughs> it's hard to convince them you're cool. And uh, But no, I think what, as they grow up, I think, they're, I think they kind of like the fact that their dad works for the Chiefs and we got some pretty cool Christmas parties they get to go to. And my girls just got their picture with Patrick Mahomes at the uh, Christmas party this year. So, oh, I bet so, they like once that. Once again, I'm, uh, I'm back on the cool side again. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure when they were little, they they were telling all their friends, "Hey, my dad's on the field with the with the Chiefs." <laughs> well, they they kind of liked it because I I got to go. Uh, each of my kids took me in for show and tell back in uh, kindergarten. So. It was uh, I was kind of a big deal back then <laughs> at show and tell, and we also went trick or treating one year as the wolf and the three little pigs. So that was kind of fun. So. Oh, that that is a blast! Hey, we we talked at the end of segment two a little bit about a tough time in in your life 
um, and and it was a, a really bad accident uh, that that you had. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that day and and what happened? Yeah, it was. Uh, I know the exact date because I'll never forget it. It was November the twenty third of two thousand and thirteen. And uh, how I got hurt, I was practicing a stunt that I was going to do the next day. We were going to play the San Diego Chargers, and uh, we were going to have Casey Wolf uh, bungee jump and zip line in the Arrowhead Stadium. How that works is we hire a company that comes in, they hook up a zip line that attaches to the lights at the top of the stadium, then stretches all the way across the field to the lights on the other side of Arrowhead Stadium, and then they attach a bungee cord to that zip line. And so what I do is I climb up into the lights, they harness me in, um, and we've done this before, but we've never done the bungee portion. We just, you know, I had like a two-foot strap, I'd jump out of the lights and basically zip across the field, and then they'd lower me down onto the field. And uh, But this time, since we'd done that before, we wanted to do something a little different, so we were going to uh, have Casey Wolf uh, bungee jump. So I was going to jump out of the lights. I was supposed to fall for about 20 feet. The bungee cord is supposed to catch me, bounce me up, and then I'm going to zip line out over the field. Well, that day when I jumped out, uh, because of the slack that was still in the zip line, instead of falling 20 feet, I fell approximately 70 to 75 feet. And I hit the seats in the upper level Arrowhead Stadium. Oh. Hit the seats so hard that I knocked two of the seats out of the concrete. But uh, not only did I damage the seats, they did a pretty good job on me. Uh, I ended up, I broke seven ribs, collapsed my left lung, shattered my tailbone, cracked my sacrum, and got a big gash on the back of my left leg that required stitches and and uh, got several units of blood. But then my, my worst injury I, I got, I broke the uh, T12 vertebrae in my back. And the next day I had surgery and they installed these new titanium rods that I now have in my back that uh, stabilized that part of my spine. And so I ended up, I spent nine days in the hospital and was then off work for six months doing just very painful therapy and rehab day after day after day. And, and uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what happened to me. It's not the story I would have picked for myself, but it's the one the good Lord gave me. And I, uh, you know, there's a there's a promise in God's word that says all things work together for good of those who love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. And there were several times as I was going through uh, through this, I told God that I didn't really like His plan at all. <laughs> And uh, I was I'm like, Lord, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like to play him one bit right now. And But uh, I look back on it now and, you know, I realize that he is faithful. So mm. I've always heard that God's, God's principles and God's promises never fail. They're, they're always reliable, no matter how painful or, or um, how painful the situation might be. And I, I've learned that to be true. Sure sounds like it, Dan. One of the greatest affirmations in all of Scripture is found in 1 Corinthians 1.9, and it just simply says, God is faithful, period. Yep. And uh, I'm sure the whole community of Kansas City was uh, was really, um, you know, praying for you and, and uh, in your court in that whole time um, that possibly even opened up even more doors and, you know, more platforms for you with, uh, you know, your influence and your ministry. Well, 
I've always spoke at a lot of schools and churches in the area, just sharing my testimony and stuff. And it was, it made me realize uh, just, you know, I get so many cards and letters and I've got boxes and boxes full of uh, get well cards from kids that, you know, I speak at schools and then they'd all go to school the next day and make me a card on, you know, construction paper. And Mm -hmm. then the school would mail it up there. And I mean, the chiefs every couple of weeks would bring me a, another tub filled with uh, letters that I could read. And so just uh, made me realize how blessed I am to be surrounded by a lot of very supportive people. And, and then the other, the other blessing that came out of it, which is it's kind of interesting, you know, when I was off work, um, basically I spent all my time at the physical therapist or physical terrorist office, as I still call him. <laughs> um, but I'd go to my appointments and I basically would come home and, found out in a big hurry that there's nothing good on daytime television. And so <laughs> it all worked for six months with nothing to do. Uh, I went ahead and I, I wrote a book. That's the book you've been talking about, Wolves Can't Fly. That's the, that's the, people are probably wondering about that title. Well, I proved that wolves can't fly when I jumped out of the lights and fell. But um, the funny thing about writing a book is people uh, just think you're smarter than you really are. So, which is, which has been great. You know, I'm no smarter than I was, but, uh, but uh, now that I've got a book out, um, it's opened up so many opportunities. I speak at a lot of conferences now around the country, not only at churches and men's conferences and things like that, but I do a lot of speaking to educators and healthcare professionals and bankers and just all kinds of different industries and um, just around the country. And so it kind of opened up some doors for me to be able to, um, even though it's a secular setting, you know, I'm able to go share my story and just the lessons that God taught me through that time. And one of those huge lessons for me was just, it's something my parents tried to teach me growing up, and that's the most important things in life aren't things. The most important things in life are relationships. And Mm my my little bungee jump uh, caused me to realize just how true that is because what helped me get through the most difficult times were three things. And that was my faith, my family, and my friends. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, all three of those are relationships. My faith, that's my relationship with Jesus Christ, which is the number one relationship in my life. Uh, secondly, my relationship with my, my wife, my kids, my parents, my in-laws, and and then just my friends from church and my coworkers, my friends from the neighborhood and my accountability partners. I've got some guys I meet with once a week that hold me accountable and make sure I'm walking my talk each week. And, and, uh, but then those relationships, that's, uh, you know, that's why I tell people all the time. It's that if you're going through a difficult time, it's your relationships or what gets you through that difficult time, your relationship with Christ, your relationship with others. Uh, that's where the, that's where the, uh, the joy in my life, the meaning in my life comes from. You know, my joy does not come from being a mascot for the Chiefs. My joy comes from my relationship with Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, Dan, you're, uh, and I guess so, so when you fell, I mean, you, you didn't hit your head at all, it sounds like, right? I hit the lower part of my body, so I, everything I busted up was, was on lo- the lower half of my body and uh, on the left side of my body. That's what took the majority of yeah, the yeah, I mean that's almost. Uh, I mean that's miraculous right there that you know you didn't have head trauma or anything along that line. So uh, 
you know. Well, I, I, what's interesting is that the first night I was in the hospital, the doctor walked in. He he uh, he said, "Mr. Mears," he said, "said I said I hope you realize you're a lucky man." Said if you fell seventy five feet, he said, and "Number one, you're lucky to still be alive." And he said. Number two, you're very fortunate that you're not paralyzed right now. Mm, I, wow. still get, I still get teared up talking yeah, about it. Yeah. You bet. I believe, and I've had this written in my Bible for a long time, but it uh, says that uh, there's no such thing as accidents. They're all just incidents in God's perfect plan for mm-hmm. our lives. Yeah. And I believe that. Uh, like I said, it's not the not the plan I had for my life, but it's one that the Lord had for me. Now, does that mean he doesn't love me because he allowed something painful to happen? That that's not what that means at all. See, I, I know God loves me. As a matter of fact, I, I know he loves me too much to allow needless pain in my life. So even though I didn't like this pain, didn't like it at all, at least I knew that God did have a purpose behind it. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what I try to encourage people with, that, yeah, maybe you're going through a difficult time, and I don't, I don't know what your pain is. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's health-related, like I continue to struggle with, or maybe it's a breakup of a relationship, or I don't know. There's so many different hurting people in our world, but uh, I try to encourage people to know that uh, that God is faithful, and uh, there is a purpose behind it, and sometimes we get... Um, Sometimes we, if we if we take the time and we, and sometimes it takes a while before you find out what that purpose is. And sometimes I don't I don't know this side of heaven that we'll ever know exactly why some some things happened. But uh, but what I do know is that God is faithful and He's got a plan. And and um, my job is just sit and trust and and know that uh, that He is good. Hey, we got to get to a break. I, I, I've i got about 15 follow-up questions, but we'll get to those on the other side. I'm going to ask him the first time that he got back in that mascot uniform, what that felt like, and we'll get Dan's answer on the other side. He is Dan Mears. He's the author of a book called Wolves Can't Fly. You can go to Amazon or Cross Training Publishing. Go to danmears.org. It's one word, D-A-N-M-E-E-R-S.org. He is uh, not only an author, but he is the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Well, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner for Brookside Baptist Church. And our special guest, he's man, he's been great, Dan Mears. He's the author of a book called Wolves Can't Fly. Go to danmears.org for more information on that. Also, he is the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs. During the break, Dan, you told us about um, you know book sales and, and the profits from that book. Where, where do those go? We give uh, all the profits we make off book sales, we give to missions and ministries, and we work with a lot of orphanages around the world. So we give money to orphanages in Haiti and Honduras. 
uh, the Philippines. Um, getting ready to go to India next month, and then this summer I'm going to uh, Tanzania and Africa to work with another orphanage. And and uh, I tell you what, I went on a mission trip several years ago, and and uh, started working with orphanages, and uh, just God's given me a passion for that. And the good thing is, in a mascot costume, I always take my costume with me, no matter what country I go to. And I can communicate with kids in any language as long as I'm in a costume. Once mm-hmm. the costume comes off, boy, I need a translator in a hurry. Yeah, so. boy, that that has to. Uh, I mean, you have seen uh, some some brokenhearted situations when you get into those orphanages. I, I remember being in one in Kenya, and it just broke my heart. It, just the living conditions and. And yet, uh, the the love that many of the missionaries and all had to, to really reach these kids, and so uh, uh, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I learned such an important lesson on my first trip to Haiti. You know, I was I went over there right after the doctor said I could start wearing my costume again, and so I brought brought the costume. And you know, when I was going through all my therapy and rehab, I basically spent all my time at home. And, and when you spend all your time at home, you live in a small world. And when you live in a small world, your problems just seem huge. But you go to a place like Haiti, you spend a week at an orphanage where there's no hot water, no air conditioning. You know, you sleep under a mosquito net each night, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden your world gets real big. And you live in a big world, put your problems in perspective in a hurry. And sure so does. That's, uh, God just, you know, he gave me a passion for these kids, and that's, uh, you know, that's why I continue to... I'm even writing another book that's not out yet, but uh, working on it. I I don't like writing, but I do like giving money to orphanages, so that's why it's a a labor of love, trust me. A labor of love. You know, one thing we didn't uh, mention, Pastor, is is Dan was uh, inducted into the Mascot Hall of Fame in 2006. And what an honor that must have been, Dan. Yeah, uh, you know, it's an honor that that you know when... uh, when people think enough of you and what you do, I've, I've always tried to work hard at what I do, and you know, and it is a lot of fun, but it is a lot of hard work. And so, yeah, when I found out that I was going to get inducted into that, it was uh, meant a lot to me. So, hey, Dan, one thing about your industry and 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 you know, being a mascot, it always seems to me like you know, you always got to get a little bit crazier and a little bit different, a little bit better. And, you know, I watch the mascot here at Milwaukee Bucks games, and he's really athletic, and he's doing yep. stuff that you just look and go, oh, my goodness. And I'm wondering, it's it is, it's an industry that they expect you to come up with new and better ideas all the time, correct? Yes. So you're always looking for ways to entertain the crowd. Now, in the NBA, those guys are definitely, you know, they do a lot of the flip dunks and jumping off trampolines and slamming the ball. Uh, I would have a hard time doing that because if you've ever seen my costume, I've got 23-inch tennis shoes and 85-inch <laughs> hips in my costume. Hey, Real hard to go airborne when you got 85-inch hips. That's, so. Well, that's about me. Dan, that's I got a size twelve foot, but maybe not the twenty three. But yeah, I I just those those guys are incredible, and 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 I would assume that you guys are always, you know, trying to figure out how can we do this even a little bit better or a little bit, you know, where it's going to draw more attention. Hey, um, b- before we get to run out of time, the first time that you got a chance to not only put the uniform back on, but maybe getting, you know, to a Kansas City Chiefs game. What was that feeling like for you? It was incredible. You know, I love what I do. And, you know, what's interesting is the first appearance I did after I was released to start wearing the costume was actually at church. Went and 
did a church appearance and shared my testimony and shared God's goodness. Mm. And then it went, uh, my first football game was the start of my 25th year as, wow. um, as a mascot. And so it was just, you know, God just uh, once again revealed to me just how good he is. And, you know, I, I tell people and since my injury, I still live with pain. I mean, I feel best when I'm active. So if I, if I'm out running around in a costume, I, I feel much better. If I just sit around, everything tightens up and hurts. And so I just, uh, you know, I live with pain. I wake up with pain every day. But I tell people every morning when I get up, you know, sleep's not a lot of activity. So, I mean, every morning I wake up with this pain. And as soon as my eyes open, I realize, you know what, I get to make a choice. And, and I can choose to get up and I can rise and shine or I can choose to rise and whine. And I don't want to be a whiner because whiners do not make a positive impact for That's right. Jesus Christ in this world. Matthew five sixteen says, you know, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I want to um, that's what I want to be remembered as. Is, you know, I want my life to shine for Christ. And one of these days when my life story is complete and people are standing around in my funeral, honestly. I could care less if they remember I was in the mascot Hall of Fame, or I could care less how many years, if they remember how many years I spent as the mascot for the Chiefs, because someday I don't want to be remembered for what I did. I want to be remembered for who I was. And, Amen. You know, Amen. The that's... only thing they say about me is if, that I love the Lord and I love people. I'm good with that. That's that's how yeah. I hope to be remembered someday. Hey. Amen, Dan. That's great. Hey, uh, on the uh, Kansas City side of it, what a great season this past season that you had, and uh, uh, that had to be a lot of fun. It was a whole lot of fun. Whenever they win like that, it makes my job a whole lot easier. I know that. It puts people in a lot better mood. Yeah, well, hold on. I skipped over Mahomes in my fantasy football league, so I'm not real happy with that right now. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't a very good choice. <laughs> no, it was not, Dan. Thanks for pointing that out, pal. You know, you and, pick him up next year? yeah, I'm not going to. He's going to go so early, I'm, I'm sure. Hey, I, I hate to end the, the, uh, the broadcast with this question, but. Fifty-two, Dan. You're fifty-two. What What do you got left in you for for uh, the mascot with the Kansas City Chiefs? How many, what, What's your? Hey, I, 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 I've got to ask Tom Brady the same thing. How much time you got left to be the quarterback for the Patriots? I'm just wondering. If they keep making ibuprofen, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, I think it'll be just fine. So, yeah. When you got dance moves like mine, you got to share them with the world. So. <laughs> hey, I look. I YouTubed you. I've seen your dance moves, man. You you uh, you 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 you've got a little bit of rhythm for a boy with hips like that. Yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell, I'll tell you what. You I probably I probably dance like a Baptist minister, but that's okay because I'm covered up in a costume, so I just pretend I know what I'm doing. So. Hey, can, can I? I are you scared of heights at this point? You know what? I, they're not my favorite, but here's what's crazy. I'm, I'm uh, getting ready to go uh, skydiving with my son <laughs> here in the next few months because I, I tell him, I'm like, you know, you never let fear keep you um, back in life. You know, I've always had to teach that to my kids. If something scares you, there's a good chance, you know, uh, that, you know, never let fear, especially if it comes to sharing your faith or, you know, things like that. And I'm like, you know what? I've always wanted to skydive. I ain't going to let a bad bungee jump keep me from going out and doing it. And, uh, 
He said, oh, I'm, if you ever bungee jump, never be the first guy to go. Always be the second. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, you a, know I've, a, I've always had a I've always had a fear of sitting in the front row when Pastor Ken is preaching, and I can't seem to yeah. get over that fear. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just stay in the back and smile at him a little bit, and. You know, so so if you if you jump out of that plane, you let me know, and maybe I'll move up a couple of pews. Yeah, let him. Let hey, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna write a chapter in my next book about uh, about jumping out of an airplane. Yeah. So. Well, we'll, we'll we'll get Mike up then if you do that. Yeah, so. yeah I'll, I'll come almost to the middle at that point. Guys, this has been a great show. Dan, thank you so much for your willingness to come on. Again, uh, you can go to Amazon or Cross Training Publishing. The name of the book is Wolves Can't Fly. And he is Dan Mears. Go to Dan Mears, M-E-E-R-S dot org. He is uh, KC Wolf, the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, Dan, stay stay safe, and uh, thank you so much for a few minutes. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, thank you, Dan. You bet. Uh, Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.